Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their <laughs> magic. I'm your co-host, Alex Dandino, recording this intro for this very special episode. We hope you're enjoying your uh, deep dive with us into the horror abyss. 31 shows in 31 days. I'm very excited about you guys listening to the show today. We had such a good time talking to our guest. Um, for those of you who might not know, our special guest today is the one, the only, Ashley C. Ford. Yeah! She is truly one of the great people uh, in the webosphere, on the internet, on your written page, and in podcasting land. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with her work, uh, Ashley is a writer. She uh, has written for uh, BuzzFeed and several other publications. She's working on a novel right now, but you probably know her best as the host, uh, the co-host of Lovecraft Country Radio, which is currently uh, going along with the show. It's a, it's a, a companion pod, which is amazing, by the way. So much fun. Uh, if you have not seen Lovecraft Country yet, I would beg you to actually stop this pod, listen to that. And then immediately go back and watch, uh, and then uh, immediately go, sorry, watch the show and then go listen to the pod. It's very confusing, I know. But I'm sure you'll figure it out. Watch the show. Listen to her wonderful pod. Listen to her sultry, docile tones. uh, As well as listening to her talk today about one of her favorite horror movies. She was kind enough to come on the show to talk to us about Insidious. I had never seen Insidious before. For those of you who might be... Uh, familiar with Griffey and I's uh, long history with these movies, Griffey has dragged me to every single sequel that has come out in the theaters. I have never seen the original one. And I got to tell you, it scared the fucking shit out of me. So I was super hyped to actually talk about this. Um, we had such a good time. I haven't laughed this hard in a really, really long time. Ashley is an old friend from Ball State, and that's sort of our uh, connect. We've talked over the years, and it was just nice for her to come on the show. We talked about all kinds of stuff, which was awesome. We like we talked about the movie, but then we talked about like some really deep, fun stuff that had almost nothing to do with the movie. It was very tangential, but so much fun. Uh, I hope she does another show. Plug, maybe, Ashley, maybe. But either way, we thank her deeply for coming on the pod. Um, I hope that you guys are enjoying this month. Of course, you know, rate, review, subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out. And tell your friends. Uh, make sure you follow us on all your social medias and make sure you check out Ashley. Uh, she's on Instagram. She's on Twitter. She's absolutely wonderful. And make sure you check out all her stuff, uh, including Lovecraft Country Radio, which she'll plug later in the show. But uh, she's also a fabulous writer. I would encourage you to check out um, anything she's written on the internet uh, because she's wonderful and deserves all the love. Um, even though she scared the fucking shit out of me with this movie. <laughs> Guys, <clears throat> Hope you're enjoying yourself. Without further ado, Insidious. <laughs> That's the sound effect. We are here with our friend Ashley Ford. How are you, Ashley? I'm so good, guys. I'm so happy to be here to talk about this batshit movie with you guys. <laughs> it's one of my favorites of all time. I this is so fascinating. Like Insidious is I've never seen this movie, but I've seen all the sequels. Yes. Because of no, well, this Ashley, this became me and Alex's thing is he hates horror movies. And he was at my house for one for one reason or another, and he's like, I'm feeling sad. And I was like, all right, well, we're going to solve that. We're going to go watch Insidious 2. And he's like, what? I've never seen Insidious. I was like, it doesn't matter. We'll go. And so then it became our thing is whenever an Insidious movie would open, we'd go and sit and watch it. And he had never seen the first one, I guess. (laughs) Yes. Don't worry. I did this with the opening nights of Twilight films for similar reasons. Oh, God. Yeah, I did all the Twilight films, too. That was uh, my wife would take us because she read the books. And it would be me, her, and it looked like a Hot Topic menagerie behind us. Hell yeah. I was there opening night every time. Griffey, does that mean you were there when Breaking Dawn Part 2, when that scene happens with 
Carlisle did did the did the theater erupt because in my theater the mm-hmm. screen it was shrill yeah and th- they just erupted yeah you know it's funny I know the exact scene you're talking about but my experience <laughs> was so different because we had gone right and we're at arc light in the dome <laughs> and it's so funny because I heard the reaction but I was in the bathroom. <laughs> Because before the movie, I was like, I'm going to get all this candy. And my wife's like, don't eat candy anymore. Like, you're trying to lose weight. You know, like, I'll go to Trader Joe's and get you sugar-free chocolate almonds. And I was like, yeah, sweet. So she gets them. And I'm just like, before the credits are done, I've, like, smashed these things. Right. And, like, 30 minutes into this movie, I'm like, oh, God, what's wrong? And she's like, what? And she, I was like, the chocolate almonds. We didn't read the box, but it says on the box, if you eat too much of anything sugar-free, it has a laxative effect. <laughs> so I watched like the first 30 minutes of that movie, and then I just listened to women screaming from the bathroom for the next two hours. Because <laughs> I just said, ah, just losing my mind. And I was like, damn you, chocolate almonds. So my Twilight experience is a little different than yours. <laughs> But I heard the reaction. It was such a loud pop. It filtered down to the basement bathroom of the arc light. <laughs> oh but yeah, Insidious. Uh, what else is Insidious besides chocolate-covered almonds? Oh, my God. The, 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 I think in the third Insidious movie that came out, we went and seen in the theater, and the distinct memory I have was there was a guy next to us who got out his phone and Griffey is very vocal in movie theaters about people like observing the rules so he looked at the guy he goes hey man put the phone away and then <laughs> probably about 45 minute mark into the movie he looked over the guy hey man take that phone out it's fine you know, <laughs> like, we're not <laughs> yeah, like, you're not gonna say anything it's cool we get it <laughs> we get it okay, asthma old people <laughs> I mean this one though I actually texted Ashley in the middle of the night last night. I was like, hey, I just want to thank you for bringing this movie from scaring the fucking shit out of me. Oh, Because yeah. I was legit scared. Yeah. Like, curl up on the couch scared of this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, damn. Holy shit. Why right. did you pick this movie? <laughs> because it's batshit crazy. Because I watched it all the time when I was in college. When I was real depressed for some reason, I bought it. <laughs> like, I went to, like... Walmart and I was going through the bins and stuff and I saw it there and I was like yeah that I don't know what it is but this creepy kid like that's exactly what I want to watch yeah, and I man. took it home and I watched it with my friend Spencer who is um, a non-binary <laughs> goddess and we sat and we watched this movie and it terrified the shit out of both of us but it was also so weird and hokey at times that like it like it was like it tricked us. Like we would be laughing at like this is stupid, and then we'd be like, "Why am I scared?" And then it, <laughs> and we loved it. And then at the end, and now it's like a comfort movie. Like yeah. it's one of those when yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm having that kind of day, and I'm like, I just want to put on something that makes me feel, you know, familiar and and cozy. I throw on Insidious, and I get it's really so mad weird at how those movies end up like these kinds of movies particularly end up being like that. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I think it's the combination of the hokiness with yeah. the terror. It's yeah. enough to keep me interested. Like even when I put it on to rewatch it, there are still scenes that I make sure I want to see and check yeah. in and stuff like that, either to laugh or to feel terrified, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. We definitely like in I was living when I watched this movie when I bought it when I was in that like depressed state. I was living in this uh, green mansion in downtown Muncie, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> with like Holy three shit. of my friends. We had just rented this massive, like dilapidated old like fucking house in downtown Muncie. And it was like I mean, it was great living in there, you know what I mean? Like my bedroom had a fucking turret. Like it was very <laughs> and I was an English major, so it made sense. But we would all watch it. It got to the point where everybody in the house had sat on the couch at some point and like watched that movie. And like you might come home and somebody would be watching it and you just sit down on the couch and finish it with them. It was that and Zoolander. Like it was like we would just watch those two movies all the time. Amazing cross section. My friend Ryan Rader learned how to play uh um the tiny tim song from the movie on his ukulele and so we would also every once in a while like you just hear like that song coming from his room because we'd watched it for so long and then somebody would be like in the shower going tiptoe through the window 
know, and it'd be like, oh my god! Someone would come running out dressed as a newsie. You're like, oh god! Yes, yes. It was like Jesus Christ, how this newsie get in here? That that was probably the thing that took me the most off guard. Is I forgot about the random like when she's just in the bedroom and Danzig pops in, and I was like. Wait, who the fuck is Danzig? Like, I forgot about that ghost, right? The face-looking Danzig, and there's just, like, it was weird. Like, who are these other ghosts? I don't what know. the fuck? Is- it was definitely, like, Colin from The Secret Garden had learned to walk and just get in, got into a whole <laughs> mess of fucking mischief. And now he just was a ghost who was determined to freak the shit <laughs> out of this woman, uh. you know? And God bless Rose Byrne. You know, she just wanted to write her fucking song that, you know, suspiciously sounded like it could have been a track from Wicked, but I'm not judging anybody. (laughs) Next thing you know. She was riding the wave, though. She was riding the wave. Let's be honest. She She had kids to feed. She had kids to feed. He's a a teacher. He's not bringing it in like that. That is the thing that happens when you're older and have kids is like this movie shifted dramatically for me this time. Because before yeah. I was like, demons and old ladies, I get it. But this time I watched it, and it was the classic of like, no teacher has that house and can just move to another house. Like, <laughs> you know what yeah, I'm saying? No teacher has it like that where he can come home and just be like, I'm putting my face cream on and having a coffee. Have fun with these three screaming kids. Like, you know as saying? a dad who's not wealthy, I know that when that happens, your wife's like, help now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, sorry, I stayed late grading papers. Like, man, you can do that at home. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Well, also that, that she guy. immediately wasn't like, who are you fucking? Yeah, <laughs> because, I, like, there were quite a few moments where he would be like, yeah, I just, I, you know, it's been a lot. I've been grading papers. I'm like, let me see your phone. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that fucking phone. Yeah, I don't even know if we had cell phone. phones back. No, he had a flip phone, didn't he? <laughs> he did have a flip phone. Hey, my he dad my dad got uh busted on a flip phone. That shit happened, right? <laughs> it's Not to out you, sorry, listen, dude, but <laughs> listen, there's a reason why murder she wrote is murder she wrote. Yeah. Let me tell you why. Women <laughs> will find the fuck out. It's true. Yes. Full stop. Period. Women will find out. Yeah. Well, that's sure. a, that's what my I think my wife likes that about me is that she knows that I just I don't have the gumption to like carry through with an affair. Right. I was like, oh, to be emotionally available for two people and have to like move around. <laughs> right? like- my husband, one time <laughs> we were talking about it, that he said the exact same thing. He was like, you mean to tell me that on top of having a wife, I'm going to go get a fucking girlfriend yeah. or somebody else who I have to like be there for them <laughs> no <laughs> he absolutely like, no he's like there's no way he was like well, who has the time who yeah, has exactly the energy, like, the energy? how do it's i watch insane. my stories and do all i was like the the sex <laughs> stuff probably cool but how am i gonna watch my programs like i can't be <laughs> running around all over this well that's what my buddy said he's like how many dudes in la do you think got busted because of covid they can't quarantine <laughs> with both their families <laughs> oh my god the real horror story. That'll be the horror movie we get after this. <laughs> That'll be a real horror. I could write that. Yeah. Well, that's what I yeah. told Amy. Is like I'm too lazy to have an affair, but I want her to think that I'm affair worthy, right? I want her to be like, yes, because like one time we were at a playground and this super hot like German mom, right? She was like Dolph Lundgren from Rocky, but as a like playground mom, like she looked like she was designed in a lab and all this stuff. Hell yeah. And she was just like chat me up and i had one of those days i'm like man i'm on fire i should have been at an open mic today this is going really well <laughs> she's like oh you're so funny yeah we should have play days so i was like yeah right on and i went home and i was like amy you better be nice to me that german mom's making the eyes and she just looked at me and went yeah good luck and i was like what the fuck i was like you don't think i'm worthy of the german mom affair <laughs> and that like hurt my feelings because i was like i want you to think that other women would have sex with me <laughs> even I- if i'm too lazy <laughs> I know that other women will have sex with my husband. I just know my husband. First of all, my husband wears two wedding rings. <laughs> he introduces himself to people at times as Ashley Ford's husband. Uh, Got him trained. And he's like, you know what I mean? Like, my husband is just like, if he did have game, he wouldn't recognize game being played on him. I've watched women like flirt with my husband and been utterly amused 
because he's seriously trying to talk to them about the Weimar Republic in that moment <laughs> in a way that it influenced art in the mid to late 1930s. You know what I mean? Like he's really trying to talk to them about that. And it's so funny. I'm and like, then you yeah. found out the woman he was talking to was Cardi B. And that's what she wrote WAP <laughs> after that. She's like, this art talk. I got to write a song about it. <laughs> All this Renaissance talk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. So your husband then is a good anim. Maybe that's what you liked about him is his aloofness. Very much like Patrick Wilson. And insidious. It's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm very attracted to nervous men. And I think that that's why I'm also attracted to Patrick Wilson in this movie. Yeah. Is because he's so obviously nervous, even when he's trying to be the voice of reason, which he sucks at. He just sucks at his like yeah, idea of being the voice of reason is like, you know, it's like the guy where you're like, I just saw something really creepy. And he like rubs your shoulders and gets real close and hugs you and then like backs up just enough to look at you with like pity in his eyes and be like, but did you? <laughs> yeah, it's. Did you see I, that? Yeah, it, it is un. It is unfathomable that I'm like, come on, man, like just be on board. Like that's like the thing that bothers me the most the whole time. That whole scene where she's like, you have to believe me. You have to believe me. He's like, yeah, dude, fucking believe her. Don't be a dick. Like, yeah, come on, but not to not to look in your eyes like, yeah, 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 I get it. Not to be the devil's advocate for terrible, <laughs> terrible husbands, but <laughs> right. <laughs> But I'm going to drop a buck. So I, I'm, I'm totally for you. Like, guilty, convicted, right? Stamp that judgment that he's a bad husband. But his wife is very much like the my neighbors who want to yell at me over the fence. Mask don't work. Believe me. You know? Like, there is a level of, like, when you just keep screaming, believe me, that I'm like, I feel like you're not trustworthy. <laughs> I, okay. I understand that, but she's clearly terrified. Like she's no, I, I, clearly I terrified, man. If she yeah. had had like, or if they had mentioned, oh, come on, Brooklyn. <laughs> you got some Fast and the Furious stuff going on over there. You know they don't give a fuck in Brooklyn. <laughs> I think in Brooklyn, some of these motherfuckers kick the muffler off the car after they buy it. Just like, shit. I'm going to let New York know that I'm here. You know what I'm saying? This is New York, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I but I have a theory of this movie. I know Alex was like waiting for me to drop my crazy theory. I want to hear it. I think I cracked this shit wide open though. And then I think Patrick Wilson uh essentially crammed that demon into his child. I think Patrick Wilson solved that ladder. I think Patrick Wilson solved that fucking ladder. Oh my god. No. No. Okay. Oh, so here's here's what we know. Here's what we know. Let me just lay out the evidence. Let me lay out the case. So one, they have a broken ass ladder. First off, bad mom, you should have handled that. She saw it, I believe. She did it. Fine. She did. So Patrick Wilson is uh he's a sailor, right? He goes out. We see when he gets kicked to the couch that one night, he foist his fucking Glenn Danzig wife liquor dream on his wife. Right. So he can alter this reality. So whether he knows it or not, he is still a fucking traveler. I think he's trying to cram this on his kids so that he can escape and come back to his life of not recognizing that he's the problem. I think he solved that shit to knock his kid unconscious because then we look over. Right. And there's under a box. It's like there's this you know black opening. What's over there? Why does he solve the ladder there? Why not just brain the kid in his bed? He knows what's up. I think he solved that fucking ladder. Why would the demon have to be in the attic, though? Yeah. But that's what I mean, because this is the thing. Who took the box up there? Who took her sheet music up there? I that's think, I think, oh, is wow. that Patrick Pretty Wilson deep. wanted his wife to get brained and that she would have <laughs> the demon. That's why he put her shit up in the attic, right? Because that's the thing. So I was like, why does it necessitate a head Patrick trauma? Wilson's a wife killer? No, no, no. A wife uh, possessor. Maybe he wanted more of like a freak in the sheets. You know what I mean? He's like, I'll get a fire face in the sheets and, uh, oh you know, pianist on the keys, whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe he liked that old creepy lady from the opening scene. And he's like, now we can have the best of both worlds. You can be Stop. my nightmare and my dream. My love, my muse, my flame. Why did he put her shit in the attic? 
Because that's where you put you store that's things. You put shit. I don't know. I have I have a contention with that because my my argument would be is that Patrick Wilson did not move or unpack one thing in this transition. <laughs> he just strikes me as that kind of a husband, right? Right? He doesn't seem like he's really putting in a lot of elbow grease, but he did move that one fucking box up unless we're to presume the demon did it. Ooh. I think Patrick Wilson fucking did that shit. You know, I wouldn't put it past Patrick Wilson. I'm not convinced of your theory. I don't know <laughs> that the evidence actually lives itself. I'm uh, just so glad Ashley's here to have this conversation. Finally, someone else is not convinced of this. Okay, but, as a ladder owner, how did that shit kind of break? That ladder didn't kind of break. That is a saw. Yeah. As somebody who used to hang out around abandoned buildings, you know, shit just <laughs> We're just going to all say we're experts in shit that doesn't matter. As a guy that once <laughs> drank a green tea. <laughs> Listen, as a guy who's seen a ladder and a saw, I couldn't tell you. I my, But that's the thing. That was the dead giveaway to me is he moved her shit up there so that she'd go up and fall. She'd be taken over and then he would have, uh, you know, his free reign. He could run away. Because that's the other thing. When he's staying to grade papers, he's sleeping and traveling. He's traveling back into his past. So while he might not remember it, he's still connected to all of this trauma from his youth. He's still an astral traveler, even if he can't remember it in his waking hours. It's the perfect crime. I don't know, Griffey. As a <laughs> professional sheet music mover, I just feel like the argument is thin. Um, Ashley, Ashley, as a guy who watches WrestleMania, you could just take your <laughs> wife out with a British Bulldog at any time if the head trauma is the game. <laughs> Why did he move the sheet up there? Who moved the sheet music? I don't know. I don't know. Like, if it's Patrick Wilson, this is an open and shut case. Here's a question. Do we think that the being unconscious is integral to the possession? In like the being knocked unconscious versus sleeping. I think it's the sleeping because that's when he travels. It's sleeping. Sleeping requires sleeping is what causes traveling. But a good a good concussion can cause sleeping though. As a guy who's seen an NFL game. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think maybe it was just the old woman? taking possession of Patrick Wilson who moved the sheet music upstairs and that's the impetus. Oh wow. Well let me hit you like with maybe... this. Let me hit you with this, right? You did you guys kind of look at what the old lady was wearing? Yeah. She had yeah. a wedding veil. Right. What if Patrick Wilson had always been possessed by that lady? And Fireface was gonna be his new bride. He was gonna cram Fireface into Rose Byrne. Wait, Fireface and the old lady are different demons, though. I know, but they're going to conjoin an unholy matrimony. Maybe she was always in him, right? Right. I don't know, Alex. This is starting to make more sense. We open the movie, right? And she's already haunting the house. And the mother said, let's just have him forget. Not that she went in and did the, like, you know, all the scuba gear and whatever science they were doing, right? Like, let me have an assistant that writes too large with a pen. I was like, dude, get a talk boy. Get a talk boy and record this shit. (laughs) But yo, everybody needed a moleskine, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, I agree. When (laughs) when she had on like the scuba face thing, when the old lady had on like the scuba face thing, first of all, that was really, really fucking me up. I don't know what it is, the idea that like somebody would have on a scuba face thing and a seance and like be whispering and breathing hard and I can't hear them, but yeah. like one other person can hear. I'm like, no, nah, I don't fuck with that. What well, feels unfair. It's like, she's the only one who's safe. Only thing I could think when that scene started was like, did someone just read Sandman? And they're like, we got to do this. Thing. <laughs> we got to do it. But it was it. cool. I liked the fake. I, as a guy who used to be a ghost hunter and that's not part of our joke. That's a real thing. I used to hunt ghosts. I thought the like pseudoscience stuff was a cool <laughs> extra ad. I thought that was fun. You uh, oh, no. you used to hunt. I, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah. We used to get in the right state of mind, and we'd go uh, suss out ghost tales. <laughs> okay, so not hunting ghosts. You're hunting ghosts. No, we we were fucking hunting. We weren't sitting on a couch. <laughs> we were out driving around looking for the real truths. 
I did almost had a heart attack because one time we were out there uh, reloading our mindset in a cemetery. And all of a sudden I looked over and I was like, oh, and I saw this giant white, like ethereal thing running at me. And I was like, I'm so scared. I'm just start sweat. Well, I'm always sweaty, but more sweaty. Right. And my heart is pounding. It looked like the scene. Right. And then all of a sudden it was just this giant white dog that licked me and I could have died right there. Oh my God. I was the scariest I've ever been. Except for watching a woman give live birth. That is the scariest thing. But second was that. I actually, (laughs) I think the thing I liked, I liked that it wasn't just about being a psychic. The astral projection stuff was very interesting to me. I I like that. That's not what it was. It was much more fascinating to talk about astral projection and that just being like, Oh, well, you know, you're psychic. So you can do all these cool, crazy things. Like, because right. I think that's what gets written off a lot in these kinds of movies. And this time it was about like sleeping and astral projection and stuff that like no one would know anything about just because or I mean, you could know about it, obviously. But there's just there's something about that that is even Fantasy. more terrifying. Hell yeah. yeah. Exactly. Hell yeah. yeah. It was super terrifying. Like that was one of the elements, I think, that was terrifying about this film or what made it so horrifying is like you've maybe kind of heard of astral projection before, right? Like, like not really, like you've definitely never like looked into it, like in general, but it's something you've heard of before and you get the concept of it as soon as she explains it. And then you start thinking, oh shit, have I done that before? Like you can't yes. help but think that, you know, maybe I've done that before. And then it's like, but he's really gifted at it. And like, yeah. so he can go further than other people usually can. And it's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Because then it starts feeling closer. It starts yeah. feeling like this danger, especially like when you think about Nightmare on Elm Street type shit. It's like the danger of like what happens when you sleep or in yes. your sleep is yeah. always always terrified and if you can make it sound even a little bit scientific or even a little bit like something that might kind of make sense because dreams in general don't fucking make sense to people right then then here you are you know i think that's i think that's the great thing about casting a woman like lynn shay too because like she feels so real as someone who's not like because, I mean, like, I think about movies like Drag Me to Hell and, like, other places other right. places where you've seen movies where, like, seances happen. And this seems like a woman who isn't, like, oddly adversely affected by, like, the many years of being able to do these things, so to speak. Right. So She is by the fucking so end, that poor lady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, no, when this I think, be, I think you guys are on to it, though. Last adverse effect. Yeah, right? Whoops-a-daisy. Shouldn't have taken that call. <laughs> so, but my, uh... My, my thing that I thought was so cool about it and the setup they did, right, is I like the idea that when we close our eyes, we wake up in this, like, multiverse thing, right? This universe that's exactly on top of ours. So that at all times, whether we realize it or not, we are surrounded by this infinite abyss with these pawing hands, these things that just want our life force. And I was like, yeah. if there's a better metaphor for existential dread, like how I you wake up and feel saying? every day, I don't know what it is. Because when the, the part like him in the house is fun, right? Because that's like, a oh, you know, this is like Halloween attacking, you know, white people in their suburbs, right? Like this shit can happen to you, right? This isn't the old dark house where like, of course, you have Bar- Boris Karloff as your murder butler. Of course, bad things happen here. This is where you <laughs> fucking live, right? And so but right. then so he walks out the door in that in between area, right? Just find your way to your son from this new tiny leased house to this big ass house we had in that just infinite black. And he's got this little lantern that only lights him and nothing. The dark swallows it. And I was like, that is so fucking scary because we all feel like that, I think. Yep. Yeah, man, that that one like shook me. That was the thing when I turned the lights off to go to bed. I was like, (laughs) right. It's giving me the chills now. Like part of me is like looking over my shoulder a little bit like. It's nobody behind. Y'all would tell me, right? It's very like, but it's creepy. It's so creepy. And it, and it, yes. it comes off of the screen in waves. And I think that there is something about films like this and the horror films. You know, I think people who like horror films like feeling affected. Yes. It's like 
that's the dream. I don't ever want to leave a theater feeling like, huh. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of like the worst you could feel. I'd rather like leave being like, that was insane. Or like, I hated it versus being like, "Eh," you know? Yeah. And this is definitely one of those movies that I think like you can have a lot of different opinions about the quality of it. But I think anybody who's watched it has been affected by it. Yeah. Like, I don't think this is a movie that you watch like or like, you know, eh, whatever. I think you watch it and you're either like, that was fucking weird or that was fucking scary. Yeah. Well, totally. even as a parent, there are just scenes where you're like, that's fucking terrifying. Like the thought of trying right. to wake your kid up and he doesn't respond. That out. scene, like I was breathing heavy. I was like, should I go check my fucking children? Right. Like <laughs> right? it was so. And then just that scene where the doctor's like gets a pager. He's like, well, I got to go. I'll be back. And you're just like, fix him. What? And like looking yeah. through, I'm like, so they're. That's what I think I forgot about this movie, right? Because I kind of remember it as one of, like, that jump scare class that was coming in. Right. But there's, like, real dread in this film. Like, there were moments where you're just sitting in absolute terror that I did not appreciate as much, which I did this time for sure. Even when you hear her hear somebody in the baby's room over the monitor. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, the (laughs) idea of like be like walking around or like being in one part of the house with your baby's monitor and then you hear what sounds like some weird creepy old man talking in your oh, baby's yeah. room i want it i want it i want it give it to me now like with yes. that you're like fuck <laughs> but see this is this is the thing right, where i told amy i was like i'm a bad horror like movie character part of the- yeah because i've seen too many of these and i told my wife i was like if that happens in our house I'm running away. I'm not running up to the kid's room. I'll be like, you had your chance. You got caught. You slow bitch. I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm out of here. But, like, that's the thing that people don't do in horror movies that I am trained well enough now to do. Is like, I'll, st- I'll start again. I love you guys. So what you trained yourself to do is abandon any and everyone at the drop of a hat is what I'm hearing. Oh, yeah. Well, because I don't presume that in the real world I have that Superman push that Patrick uh, Wilson got in this film. What am I? I'm going to throw up there and just go throw some haymakers at a ghost? Or like, what if I walk up and he's already munching my child? I don't want to see that either. I'm running. I'm running out. I'll go outside and call the Ghostbusters from my iPhone. (laughs) Be like, I'm out. Yeah, sorry, kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had sorry, an experience watching this movie where my leg was hanging over my couch, and I brought it in simply because I'm like, what if something grabs me right now? Dude, right. this this is the true That's absolute the fear. fear I have. Because I have, like, three really weird fears, but this is one of them. When I'm on a bed, because I got a new couch, and it has a recliner thing. But I'm tall enough, like, from halfway down my calf to the end extends – and I just told him, like, great, well, now I can't use this fucking couch because I'm too scared. Because I always imagine, like, that Zulu fetish doll, right, from Amelia. Remember, like, the belt falls off. He's like, and he's trying to kill Karen Black. I imagine that dude coming by with an axe and just, like, a perfect whatever's over the edge is his now. Woo! Scary. Oh, my God. That is so specific. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, wow, my, other like... we- my other super weird fear... I don't know if I've told anyone this. I'm terrified of fire hydrants. So like when I walk, I never stand in a straight line with a fire hydrant bolt because I'm afraid it's going to burst out and destroy my kneecap. So if I ever notice a fire hydrant, I jump in between the bolts and then I'm cool. It's not the hydrant itself. It's the bolt. (laughs) I've never like, like I'm trying to understand how you even get to a point where you think to yourself, you know, <laughs> if that fire hydrant bolt comes off, yeah. it's gonna go right into my kneecaps. My kneecaps, my kneecaps, and that's for sure. gonna shatter my shit. I thought that when I was watching uh, the show that you do your podcast for, Lovecraft Country, when he went to unbolt that fire hydrant <laughs> at the like oh, festival, I, I got no, I got real like I would rather fight Cthulhu himself than be near someone <laughs> illegally unbolting a fire hydrant. Because I'm like, some kid's going to have a crushed in skull now. A very happy moment going on. If this gets ruined, I'm going to be really pissed. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. You're just going to kneecap someone who's having a great night because you want to get sprayed. (laughs) No, that like really fucks me up. Like, But that's why I think I was a good fit when I was writing for A Thousand Ways to Die. Because it's just like, that's just all you do. 
It was just like, how can I kill yeah. this person? Right? And yeah, it's a... But yeah, I like I like the weird fears that people have, man, because that's that's what this movie does. This one's more of like an arcane fear, right? This is primordial. We all have it built in, but it also catches that because I think it's like we're all afraid of the big stuff, but we all have these really little ones that just take us to the same depths that are really hard to explain to others. And that's what it feels like with yeah. Rose Byrne a lot, where she's yeah. like, I'm seeing shit. And her partner's just like, yeah, all right, I'm going to go grade some papers. <laughs> Here's my wrinkle cream, you know, and she's like pouring her soul out and he's just like, yeah, right. Like, And it sucks. It sucks when people don't understand your like little fear. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it just really makes me laugh. The idea that like in the movie, she's like, feel like, hey, I'm really scared. And he's like, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is. <laughs> he's literally just like, well, I can't let this yeah. into my life. You know what I mean? Like, that's your shit. Keep your shit over there. <laughs> Keep your shit. <laughs> yeah. I have to go to school in an overly fashionable jacket. <laughs> that is a part of that weird fear of your significant other. Not like, that's the other side of that is like your significant other not, not only not believing you, but also like kind of not caring and thinking that you're like crazy or just not paying attention. You're like, that's almost a bigger part of that fear to me is like, if oh, I. Yeah told Andrea like hey I'm pretty sure our house is haunted and she just dismissed it out of a hat yeah I'd be like how do I prove it and then like when things started happening to prove it it'd be like do you not see what the fuck's going on in this yeah. house oh yeah that's Ro like, Rose Byrne that's fucked crazy. up because what you do is you leave that haunted bastard in his bed with his breather and you're like I'm going to Palm Springs for the weekend and then he'll be like I was grading papers and Danzig licked me and she'll be like I fucking told you I fucking told yeah, that's like, don't stay there, leave, and then prove, f force the point on him, you know what I mean? Take a momcation right. and force the point on him. Oh, my God. Yeah. The momcation is really the way to do it. That's how we get, man. I'm not coming. sitting there and just being like, I pray that Patrick Wilson will pull his head out of his ass. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting my life on the line for that. Right. <laughs> Right? I'm like the parent that believes in the airplane rule. I got to get my mask on first before I can give you your oxygen. I got to be okay or else none of us are fine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Well, here's the scene, right? Here's the exact scene. Remember when he's like, he's like, get out, get out, get out of my house. You guys are criminals. Sorry. He's also trying to be polite. Polite white yeah. guy. Sorry, sorry for wasting your time. Get out. You're you're charlatan. Get the fuck out. <laughs> right? Yeah, he's like yelling at their face, but trying to be cool because he's yeah. possessed by the devil woman. At that point, my theory reinforced. You think he was winking at them, like, "Hey guys, you better get out of here." I, I think that's why I didn't want Tucker to point that little microphone at him. That's my theory. But then when he goes into his kid's room, so I'm like, "Your kid's been laid up for three to four, five months, right?" And you've never coma. looked at these pictures that he drew on the wall? Hmm, my son's drawing an awful lot of fucking demons, right? Like, it never struck him as unusual. He's just like, talk to me, pal. Hey, pal, talk to me. And it's like, because I actually don't even believe that his son astral projects. I think Patrick Wilson essentially walked him into that room and chained his ass up, right? Patrick Wilson, come on, son, we're going on a dream walk. And shackled him up in that weird puppet factory where Fireface lives. You know what's interesting and I, I never give credence. You never yeah. give credence to my theories. You're you're the you're the Patrick Wilson to my Rose Byrne. You Absolutely. always rain on my play. <laughs> I'm almost in on this because when they talk about by the way, Barbara Hershey showing up in movies almost routinely makes me uncomfortable. But she's like so she's the most normal good. she's ever been in a movie. Oh, in this movie. Is she yeah. though? She's the one who just let her son like, I guess I just won't take his picture anymore. Right. I told so him to grow between, up. Yeah, right. Right. grow up, so, bitch. Like, Peter Pan, so she Peter Panned his ass. Peter Panned his ass. Like, That's right. So it's all that, but then they start talking about like what they did by like kind of like walking this ability way away and saying not to take his picture anymore. So in giving credence to Griffey's theory, it's possible that the possession or the ability to possess became so much more powerful because he had no way to defend himself. But Therefore, not only that, did you notice how many of those little kid pictures she had at the fucking baseball park? And she's like, this lady's getting closer, but I'll take eight more pictures. Right. <laughs> Until he's like, right. Right. like he wasn't yeah. afraid of taking pictures. That's something that happened after he forgot because he was fucking possessed. 
And we know what happens if you take his picture after he's possessed. Choke to fucking death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Holy shit. Turned out Wayne Brady did have to choke a bit. <laughs> Patrick Wilson choked a bitch because he had been that old bitch since he was a boy. You know what I'm saying? And he was trying to capture his wife in an elaborate sawing accident of a ladder. About Patrick Wilson's, like, I will say this, like, there was such a quick turn. Like, it was like he was, it was like everything was fine. And he seemed totally normal. Yeah. And then she took his picture, and it's like his eyes change. Yeah. Like, as an actor, I don't even know how you do that. It was mm-hmm. like, all of a sudden, it was like the snap. Like, why did you have to do that? Like, why Why are you making me do this? Because he was fucking what? found out. And I was like, She's, oh, God. He is so good. Like, he is one of those really undersold actors, I feel. I, like, he's just... One of those guys that gets sort of like homogenized into like, well, we need a guy who looks like dad, someone from the 50s, like all these other like <laughs> prototypes. But he's right. so good at being just he's so good at whatever you like assign. Like we've talked about, like we watched Hard Candy on the for this pod and like he's amazing there oh, as a huge fucking creep. But that's that's what he's good at, though. Right. Is that he is kind of yeah. this unheralded scream king. Right. Very much like Sam Neill, right? Like, Sam Neill's got all these great horror. Patrick Wilson has a surprising amount of good kind of horror-adjacent roles. And it's because yeah. he can play that normal guy that when he cracks and you find out something's wrong with him, it's so devastating. It's so devastating. Yeah, and that's why it's I think he's so better in this than something like The Conjuring. And The Conjuring, he's like, oh, I'm in London with the Crooked Man. Let me play Elvis. And you're um, like, that's that bullshit that he wants us to think he is. But in this, he's really an old murder lady waiting for a husband. And I'm like, that's way more effective. To be fair, uh, when he sang the Elvis song in The Conjuring 2, sure. it really did flood my basement. Like, I'm not going to oh, lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ran for my mop and bucket. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Macaroni in a pot. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was really, really fantastic. Like, yes, I but it, but you're right. Like, he's almost inconsequential. Like it was that movie even was so much about him, like yeah. so much about like her being like, I'm going to lose him. I'm going to lose him somehow. And I was at the end kind of like, yeah, you could lose him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, again, the whole movie, I was just like, Rose Byrne should take the kids and leave. What is going on here? Like, No, she yeah. should not is, take the fucking kid, Alex. Terrible. That's how you die. That was oh, the man. line I loved in this movie was, it's not the house that's haunted, it's your son. Because I love oh. the idea of haunted people. Like, those stories always work for me. Because if you've ever Absolutely. had a trauma in your life, which I'm sure all of us have had, you know, there's different degrees. But all of us have had something that's super traumatic for us. And you carry that right. shit forever and in this one the thing that they try to mask is that his dad chained him up in a demon house oh my god he's carrying that shit with him and and when someone in your house is haunted by something (laughs) like that the way it becomes everyone else's shared nightmare i think that's an awesome concept that's a great concept for a movie and that's also true because you can't like being family is about having like an intimate connection, yes. you know, with each other. And that that ghost is going to be thick in the, those bloodlines. It's going to be thick in those connections. And you either have to be willing to exercise, exercise it or you have to uh, just decide you're all going to be haunted together and have, you know, the ghost descendants or do what i do and run away (laughs) option three we had a good run fam so there's the griffy option right and they're like what are we gonna do with all these ghosts and he's like not my problem yeah no i I would be like bear get your leash we're out of here Grab the Xbox. Griffey's like, Griff, Griff like the logical version of Craig T. Nelson and Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, I watch Poltergeist and you're like, she's in the TV. I'm not going in. Like, I don't know what happens to me when I go into TV. I'm not going into the ghost realm. Like, what? What skills do I have to walk amongst the dead? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I would be everyone's least favorite character on the zombie show, and they're like, can that guy get bitten this season? But I'd last forever. That would be me. <laughs> like, every after show, uh, what's his name? That fucking douchebag from Talking Dead would just be like, Griff made it again. I Here's a poll. 96% of people wish he was dead, but he's still here. <laughs> you would be Chris Hardwick's greatest like enemy. Like the original yes. winner of Survivor. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I but I like that idea, though. The haunted... The thing I think that's what maybe the only miss of the movie is if my theory is incorrect, which I don't believe it is, right? Is that I would have I would have made the wife the one who was the haunted one, right? Like that she had gone through it somehow. Yeah. Or even Patrick Wilson. Like the kid just gets caught, you know, doing... Like the kid doesn't do anything to bring it on himself. There's no real right. trauma there except for that his dad sawed the ladder on his ass, right? But one of the adults could have actually had like... Because Patrick Wilson bringing up, like, a childhood trauma, that's a good place to start this haunted person thing to me. I don't know. I feel like that's how real families work. <laughs> and, like, that's innocent, true. and they didn't do anything. Just and some all shit happens. Yeah. They've got it's exactly the fear. in their room. Yeah. I think about yeah. it all the time. Like, uh, like, what did I give to my kid that is just going to, like, totally ruin his life? Like, like <laughs> I think about the way my brain works and, like, the way I've, like, I've had like a like I think we've all had a pretty rough week this week, but like regardless, <laughs> a fucking lot of them in a row. <laughs> you're thinking like, oh man, I like, can't surmount this. You're like, what if I pass this on? Like the things that I in, just inherently pass on to my kid, mm-hmm. like I don't think I pass on ast- astral projection necessarily, but I'm sure there's <laughs> you don't know something poisonous in my gene pool that I'm gonna pass something terrible on. Like that's the thing that I yeah. scares. It is, you know, I I. I'm in addition to hosting a podcast, I'm a writer. And one of the things that I'm working on right now is my memoir that's coming out um, next year. And in working on this memoir, guys, I have had to do so much like thinking and like processing of my childhood, but then also like what I've found out about like my mother and her life and her mother and her mother, mother, her mother's, you know what I mean? Like all of that yeah, yeah. stuff that like, I, I ended up like uh, a few weeks ago going to an um, intensive trauma therapy, like in a different state for a week oh, wow. and just working on that and doing yeah. that. And it's so funny that you're talking about this in terms of like ghosts and hauntings and stuff like that, because Yes, that stuff does absolutely stay inside you forever. Yeah. Like it does. But there's a way to process it. And there's a way to sort of metabolize it so that you just don't get stuck in loops. And yeah. you don't get like, it's it's like, it's like the fact that I think, you know, I could live in a haunted house with a chill ghost. Yeah, like I could <laughs> yeah, for definitely sure. live in a haunted house with a ghost who like would float by sometimes and be like, oh my bad, I didn't realize I was semi-transparent. Like, let me turn this shit down and then just go on about their business. Like, didn't mean to disturb you. Yeah. I was just they're you know, just down there playing yeah. Moonlight Sonata on your piano. You're like, great, that's that's nice. Great, that's beautiful. <laughs> go for <laughs> it. Shit. You know, what I, mean? I know that song. You know, that sounds great. So it's stuff like. It's stuff like that, like learning to deal with your trauma in that way of mm-hmm. being like, yeah, I know you're there and you're a ghost. And, you know, maybe not everybody lives in a, like a haunted house like mine, but everybody a little bit lives in a haunted house. Right. You yeah. know, you just have yeah. some people who are pretending they don't see, you know, the dishes mm-hmm. smashing against the wall during dinner. And they think if right. we ignore it long enough, yeah. they'll just leave. <laughs> and then they right. die like that. Well, yeah, that's the you thing. Like Patrick Wilson it. has no involvement in his own story, right? He's right. just walking around while Rose Burns is trying to process everything. He is the if you don't process your trauma, look at what it does to everything else around him, right? Yeah, right. Right, and but that's why I like this veering away from it. the creepy house and the lightning storm. You know, and right. bring that shit to where normal people live. Well, richest teacher of all time lives, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> And the kid, you know, the kid is an innocent bystander. Like, that—that mm-hmm. that is what happens to kids. It's like, yeah, you feel that blowback 
from this impact that your parents are having. And even when they think they can hide it from you, like they can't. And that I think is the big thing. Like, it's like, stop trying to hide it and just talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like if his mom had been able to be like, let's talk to this lady because you're doing something that's like scaring you. And it's also like on an interdimensional level, really fucking creepy. So let's just (laughs) stop doing that. Like, I think they could have figured it out. I think they could have talked to the kid and really like figured out how to like get him to stop doing that or something like that. Or, and I, they didn't, they tried to hide it. And that's what causes so much damage, you know, to so many people is like, it's not that, it's not that you have to be perfect so that your kids never encounter fucked up shit. It's that you have to teach them how to process it when they inevitably encounter fucked up shit. Yeah, it's the thing about Stand By Me is it's you're true. like, every kid's going to find a dead body eventually on some level, yes! right? Like, you got to be ready for that, right? <laughs> like, it's going to happen. But that's what I like. The, the symbolism of the mom just like, I'll stop taking my kid's picture as if his life doesn't exist anymore, right? <laughs> right, that's, right. That's fucking scary. That really works for me in the movie. I thought that too because it it plays along with what you're saying because it takes so long for the demon to try to take the boy. Because you're like, why can't he just hop in this kid's brain right away? And it's because it has to sit and eat at you and eat at you and eat at you, right? As you atrophy away until you're finally weak enough to be gut. I thought that was cool. Because that was like the thing at the end of the movie. I'm screaming at my fucking TV. Because we had just seen uh, Fireface, right? And he's got, he's sharpening his claws. He has like all the puppets everywhere, which, uh, ooh, that's cool. He's like a puppet master. I was into it, right? And then they get all the way back to the house, right? They're, you know, uh, fighting against the void and all the hands. They get in the house and Patrick Wilson just stops all of a sudden. He's like, go on, boy. And I'm like, don't send him out in the devil. I also was like, by the time this kid got to this house, he was in a coma. He has no blueprint. He has no right? blueprint for where to find his body. You know what I'm And saying? I'm just screaming at the TV like, you are the still a bad dad. You just, And that's why I was like, oh. And then I saw that he had been the lady the whole time. And I was like, gotcha gotcha but yeah but no i i thought that was cool the slow burn of it worked a lot better for me yeah because when they did it he didn't wake up and he's in the hospital and they're like three months later i was like excuse me what just happened (laughs) 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 yeah man you know sorry go ahead ashley no i was just saying like that that i had a similar reaction the first time i watched like three months later i was like what like it happened rapidly like i was like so what's the story he's in a coma yeah i mean that sucks but what's going on yeah yeah surprisingly yeah he's not a very active protagonist anymore is he we gotta move this story on oh my god when they were talking about putting the talk about real world tear too the i put the tube in this far and i was like there's just some gnarly shit in this movie but that the most famous jump scare of this because I'm actually kind of anti-jump scare usually, as people who listen know. This one still got me bad, is when the mom sees uh, the red-faced fire face yeah, behind, Patrick, behind Wilson. Patrick Wilson. I knew that shit was coming, too. And it it's still rocked trailer. me. Oh, it's in the trailer. And it's in the trailer, and it still fucks me up. And I've seen it so many times. I know. What was that? What was that? Was that you, Alex? Oh, it was you? Okay, you froze. I thought you were... I was like, are you, wait, are we okay? Are we okay? Okay. okay. You know the hair is standing up on the back of my neck. What are we talking about? I have I'm a wedding. Me. I have my wedding sword within reach, so I will fucking <laughs> murder. My wedding sword! I'm just saying, Ghost, if you're picking up the three of us, I will fucking kill you. <laughs> See, again, I'm throwing you guys out. Take <laughs> Ashley and Alex, leave me! <laughs> I never said I was a good friend. I'm just a guy who talks on podcasts. (laughs) No, this happened once. Ashley, I swear to God, we were here and we were recording late at night because Alex is West Coast and I'm East Coast. And we heard like a, like little feet running. And Alex is like, God, are your kids still awake? I'm like, dude, they were asleep like three hours ago, but we could hear footsteps running. And I see faces and shit in my way. I'm convinced I have a demon. All my neighbors think I have a demon house. Are you serious? Yeah. So we should let Amy know now. Oh, Amy knows. She's like, I'll run. I was like, if it's a human burglar, I'll fight him to the death in my underwear with my wedding sword. (laughs) Anything supernatural and I'm out. 
<laughs> I'm out, out, out. Right? Like, I understand. I because it's like I'm I'm fucking not supernatural. Yeah, I can't do anything. Okay? I can't fist fight a ghost. Yeah. yeah. If it's just like I a know. guy who wants I'm... to steal our TV, I will fight him. I'll fight him for I you. Have really strong give up vibes. In <laughs> supernatural adversity. Like my give up vibes yeah. are like immediate. Like if yeah. if a wizard came in here right now and wanted to fight me. I'm dead. I have nothing to Dude. fight a wizard with. See, I would fight a wizard because I watch Harry Potter and I was just like, when you watch Harry Potter, you're like, why don't these people take boxing? <laughs> right? Mm. Right? My Like, I'm not Hawkeye. I can't <laughs> go up against, like, no, it's just not going to fucking happen. I'm not that person. Like, you have to really not give a fuck. But, Ashley, and, that's like, good. I can't. That's good. See, my father-in-law said this to me, and it was the game-changer moment of my adult life. Is we had a tornado warning here, right? And it's blowing like fucking crazy. And we're like, where do we go? Where do we go? And the next day, we called, and we're like checking in on everyone. <laughs> my wife calls her dad, and she's like, did you hear the tornado sirens? He's like, yep. And she's like, what'd you do? He's like, I stayed in bed with my CPAP mask. <laughs> And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, your mom was running around looking for safety and shit. And he's like, I just, I was like, ah, if the tornado's going to kill me, like, I'd rather just be in bed asleep and happy. <laughs> and he just said, like, I'm just here. And I was like, that's, like, I'm not tying myself in a barn like Twister. I'm just going to, it's my time. <laughs> it's my time. I am not Helen Hunt. Yeah, but that I helped me. Because when I was like, I have a demon house. And I was like, you get scared. You're looking in the shadows. You're like, whatever, just fucking kill me. Like, you can't haunt me anymore. Yes. Kill me or move the fuck on. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> at a certain point, you're like, don't stalk me. Yeah. Like, don't. You don't have to make my life a little bit worse every week. You could kill me now. Yeah. Like, you're not getting it out of me. No one haunts me more than me. Because I have no recourse. <laughs> I'm not gonna call you in. I'm not going to like. I'm not gonna call the Ghostbusters. I'm not gonna call the church. Nope. Like, I'm not gonna do any of that stuff because I can't fight you. Yeah. So you just gonna have to either go or we gonna have to work something out. Yeah. And if that requires death from me, so be it. Like clearly yeah. you are higher on whatever food chain like <laughs> is figuring out what's going on here. Like at that point, I have yeah. nothing. Yeah. I have nothing. Unless, like, unless I can bring him into my own body and drown him in the immense shame I have for myself. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That'd be my only listen. weapon. <laughs> listen. I very strongly held on to the possibility that a latent superpower might kick in until I was like 27. And after 27, I was just like, okay, I don't think it's going to happen. So what are you going to do if, you know, the, the big bullshit does show up? And I'm like, well... Nothing to be done. It's like, it's nothing to be done. And if Insidious taught us anything, that's what it is, right? Just surrender. Run True, away right? from your family. <laughs> They're sawing ladders on you and setting you up for concussions and being a demon-possessed body. Just run. Just, just <laughs> fucking run. You don't want to end up like Elsie or Elise, whatever her name was. <laughs> like, see, she stuck her nose in other people's affair, and what'd she get for it? Dead. Damn. You know, he gave... He he fucked Elise up so much, he gave her the same face as, like, half the people from the ring. Oh, <laughs> she just crawled out of a well. It was like, right? She was like, like, that look on her face, I was like, wow. I'll tell you the truth. I had forgotten about that because the ending goes so hard. I loved it because he definitely kills his wife, too. And probably oh, his yeah. kid and probably those nerds. But I had forgotten because I was like, because me and Alex went to see all the sequels, and I'm like, she's still running around. I was like, how is she going to break out of this chokehold? I was like, that looks really serious. And when they came back in and she was dead in that chair, I literally, oh, fuck. Like, I totally forgot. I was expecting her to do, like, a Krav Maga or something, and like, I had forgotten what happened. I was like, they got sequels to make. Oh, my God. Not a sequel Krav Maga. Yeah, <laughs> I think this was one of the most satisfying. Uh, this is one of the most satisfying experiences I've had getting the shit scared out of me in a very long time. Yeah, nice. Well, Ashley, like, wrap this up for us. Summarize what would be your pitch to someone who hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> now that they've listened to this whole show, I guess. 
what right. would be your pitch? Like, what's your your summary of why people should jump in on Insidious? What about it still works after all this time? It's got everything. It's got familial, generational, inherited trauma. It's got puppetry. Yeah. It's got newsboy caps. <laughs> it's got lipstick like, demons. Lipstick demons. It's got twins. Um, it's got uh, a massive organ, um, a fire face demon, um, uh, nerd assistants using supernatural <laughs> instruments. Like, I just feel like it has something for everyone, not to mention Rose Byrne and Patrick Wilson, who obviously do such fantastic jobs um, in their roles. It's just the kind of film that will make you laugh, make you scared as shit, and most importantly for anybody who loves horror, makes you want to tell other people to see it immediately, yes. especially if they haven't. Yeah. I cannot think of a finer plug. That is probably the button on that whole thing right there. Yeah. That this is the kind of movie you'd be like, you've got to watch this fucking movie. Oh, yes. Well, when I was a kid, that's how like we became such avid horror movie fans is every we're like trying to find the movie that you got to you got to see this fucking movie. Right. Like yeah. that's the way we were as kids. And this definitely would have been one of those movies when we were younger. Absolutely. Me and my friends used to go on double dates to horror movies, oh, yeah. uh, specifically me and my high school boyfriend. So, you know, seeing like the Jeepers Creepers movies, we oh. saw like Wrong Turn. I remember in Jeepers Creepers, uh, one of my friends, especially in Jeepers Creepers 2, when there was, you know, <laughs> just a slate of shirtless boys for some reason. Um, and they were getting snatched up by the Jeeper, which we don't actually know what that thing is called, so we always called it the Jeeper. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you went with the Jeeper instead of the Creeper. <laughs> I don't know why. It was like, we, was, we would call him Jeeper. And you know, growing up in Indiana, at any given point, you could find yourself on some, like, Fuck, back, yeah. some dark back road yes. in like the middle of the night or whatever. And then somebody would be like, mm, we better get off this road because Jeeper could be out there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and when we were in the theater watching this movie, my friend Lena, oh, my God. Like, we, like, I don't know if you guys have this, but I definitely grew up, you know, uh, being black at the movies, which means talking back at the screen no matter same, what. Same, Ashley, same. No. <laughs> <laughs> During um, when we went to go see Jeepers Creepers 2, whenever Jeeper would grab somebody, would go snatchies. And <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being something that we did all the time, like in movies, whenever like somebody, you know, like, because one of the scariest things is like people are walking along and then one person just like, <laughs> yep. and it's like, oh, ah! yeah. <laughs> like what? where'd they go? And then and we just always go snatchies. <laughs> No, I have a great experience. I remember we were seeing Paranormal Activity 2. And there um, is this this older black lady sat right behind me. And as the movie starts, she just kept being like, these white motherfuckers. But she felt bad, right? Because she couldn't help herself but expressing like her dismay at these people. But she kept leaning forward and like would brush my hair a little bit. And be like, I'm sorry, baby. And I'm like, no, it's great. Go. I was like, please, I feel the same way. <laughs> But she did it like 20 times. Like something would happen. She'd be like, these white motherfuckers. Sorry, baby. <laughs> like she'd brush my hair <laughs> to like comfort me. Like, I'm so sorry. I can't stop yelling at the people in paranormal activity. <laughs> I understand. Oh, I, I get it. I do get it. Often. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the thank pod, man. Guys. This was so much fun. Do you, you have anything you want to plug and tell everyone the 10 people that are listening to us regularly that uh, you, know, you want to read more? The main, thing, the main thing right now that I want people to check out is absolutely Lovecraft Country Radio. Mm. Um, uh, me and Shannon Houston, who's a writer on the show, I'm just a viewer, we are providing some commentary after each episode. So every Sunday... After Lovecraft Country airs, uh, an episode of Lovecraft Country Radio goes up. And we just talk to you guys about the episode and try to process it with you. Um, maybe try to pinpoint some things um, that we wanted you to catch uh, or hope that you did catch 
sometimes we talk about the things that you caught that we didn't necessarily talk about on another episode and it's a ton of fun so check it out i've listened to it it's wonderful it Great. just brightens the absolute <laughs> shit i get scared out of me watching the show <laughs> yeah that show has no chill which really caught me off guard like right out of the it, bat it's just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> listen and the episode today uh don't don't necessarily expect any more chill. <laughs> don't expect that chill Perfect. is showing up anytime soon because it is not. No, no. I, not. Yeah, I got the George Bush like, fool me once. Shame on you. Just can't fool you me want- again. Can't fool me again. <laughs> Lovecraft Country. You just can't fool me you anymore. Fool me. You fool me, can't fool me again. Yeah, right? every time that show comes on, I'm like, I know you're going to fuck with me. <laughs> I'm ready for it. <laughs> Get ready. Oh, man. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The movie is insidious. Hope you enjoyed. Holy shit. Also, Patrick Wilson did that shit. (laughs) (laughs) 